Have you ever felt frustrated with yourself while trying to change your life for the better? Have you ever found yourself studying, taking courses, reading books, applying yourself, dedicating yourself, putting in the work, and you found yourself changing a little bit, but then everything seems to slip back and life returns to the way it used to be? Business as usual? If you have been in this situation, this course is right for you. Because here, we're going to learn about what it really takes to make profound lasting changes. We're going to learn about the philosophy of change, the science of change, and the therapeutics of change. You're going to see how the subconscious mind and the images stored in it has everything to do with the quality of our lives. You're going to learn about research-based steps that it takes to produce a new life. Particularly at a time like this, when so many people have faced personal losses, devastations, and profound breakdown, you know, as a result of many, many personal tragedies that are going on right now, people are looking for a way to rebrand themselves. People are looking for a way to become awesome again. People are looking for a way to live a better and more authentic life. People want a more meaningful life. What is not easy, we all want that, what is not so easy is to actually make the transformation required to experience the life of our dreams. In this course, we're going to learn about the techniques and we're going to practice the exercises that have been shown to produce lasting change. So the course is not just a bunch of information, there are also guided meditations included that will help you achieve the changes that you need. You will be able to rebrand yourself. You will be able to live a more authentic life. You will be able to live a more fulfilling and meaningful life. And you will definitely be able to overcome personal devastation. You will be able to overcome personal breakdown and live your best life ever. My name is Dr. Flavio Balerini. I am so proud of you for even being here. I am happy that we're going to embark on this journey together, and I'm looking forward to your questions and comments. Let's grow together and welcome again. Thank you and blessings. May I stop myself here for just a second? If you're getting value out of this information, would you please consider subscribing to the channel and perhaps even liking the video? I have a lot of information to share with you coming up, and it would encourage me and it would also help other people who are in dire need of this information to receive it if you would kindly consider liking the video and subscribing to the channel. Thank you very much. Let's go back to the program. Wow, hello, hello, Dr. Flavio here. I am so happy to bring this program to you because it has a very, very special meaning to me personally. You see, I didn't just develop this program to help people at the office. I developed this program as a way of helping myself as well. I had already been working as a hypnotherapist and coach for over 20 years, I think, when I had my own breakdown. And um, in the therapeutic community, breakdowns are somewhat common, I have to be honest with you. You know, we typically work long hours, we work hard, and we, as therapists, oftentimes work with people's pain and trouble and trauma. 
And as much as we meditate and try to clear our minds after a day at the office, I suppose we begin to identify a little bit with, the, with people's pains. I don't know. But I remember that when I started in this profession, one of my teachers told me that after two years working as a therapist, he broke down and was out of work for two years. You know, he, it took him a while to recover. I remember that time thinking, wow, that's not going to happen to me, you know, because I, I meditate, I teach philosophy, and uh, I can take things in perspective. But after, after 20 years, something happened in my personal life that caused me a profound breakdown to the point of having a near-death experience. And when I recovered from that near-death experience, I couldn't quite come back. It was a very weird thing. For the longest time, I wasn't even sure if I had come back, or if I was kind of living a dream in the other world, like if I had died thinking that I was alive. I mean, it was a really confusing period of my life, and I cried nonstop for months, wondering what really had happened. Now, in this particular breakdown, I suppose it was initiated by a marriage that broke apart, And most people associate the breakdown with the lack of the marriage or the lack of the person, the lack of the wife. But it really had nothing to do with that. That was just an exciting factor. I had wrapped my entire sense of being into a particular set of ideas. And when those ideas proved to be in need of adjustment, in other words, I had made up my mind about a number of aspects of life that had to be a certain way. And that rigid way of thinking is what broke down. But that rigid way of thinking is what I called my mind. In other words, the way I interface with the world. So when that broke apart, I actually became like a little baby. In other words, I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't eat properly. I immediately lost 20 pounds. And then I started snacking after about a month and immediately gained the 20 pounds back plus 10. But I, certain, but I couldn't sleep and a number of other problems that are associated with, you know, infancy, basically. And I began to learn all over again how to be an adult. Now, I didn't have to, it didn't have to take 20 years to become an adult again. You know, in about a year, I was somewhat back to normal. Now I'm I, I would think, you know, people who have known me for a few years would say that I'm way better than before. I'm a better human being today. And in many regards, I, I agree with them. I think that I'm a, a more developed person, more aware, and certainly much more capable of helping people around me uh, in terms of uh, therapy and so forth, you know, because of these experiences. But the road to get here was a little bit difficult. And so there was a moment when I wasn't sure if it was going to fly. Have you ever stood on the edge of a runway at the airport? I love doing that sometimes. I haven't done that in years, but there's something to me very beautiful or very romantic, I don't know, about standing close to an airport and seeing aircraft take off or land. And uh, sometimes one of the big jumbo jets are about to take off and you're watching it and it's picking up speed, you know, and you're like wondering, is this ever going to fly? It's so huge and heavy and massive. Can this ever really happen? Now, you've been on several of those airplanes and uh, you know it's going to fly, but there's some, 
part of us that says, wow, is that really going to happen? It defies logic. You're watching that thing so heavy, so massive, and suddenly it actually takes off, right? But there's a moment there that you kind of wonder, is this possible? You know? <laughs> and so I went through that kind of situation in my own life as well. Like I knew that I was beginning to recover, but I wasn't sure if it was going to fly. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it or somehow just cease to exist. You know, that's how it felt at the time. It didn't seem like I could come back into the world, work, make a living. I was broken. And um, if you have not been there, there's nothing I can do to explain it to you. Just like the teacher of mine who had been broken, he tried to explain it to the classroom, you know, but nobody really, I don't, I, I didn't really get him. I didn't really know what he was talking about because I had never been broken myself. And so if you haven't been in that situation, then there's no explanation really that would help you understand it. Because no matter how I explained it, you would think of it as either an excuse or a sign of weakness or a severe problem that the person has. And all of those are true to a certain extent. But when a person is broken, the very thing in them that makes them want to go on is what breaks. You see, when we have a problem in life, we face that problem consciously or unconsciously with a part of us that wants to fix it and move on. And so we think about what to do, we talk to people, we do this, we do that, we try different things. But there's something in us, perhaps definable as the will to survive, perhaps, like you want to get past this and move on with your life. But what if the very thing that makes you want to move on with your life is itself what breaks down and then you stop caring? Now, this is one of the things that happens in depression, in major MDD, major depressive disorder. However, the breakdown that I'm talking about isn't, doesn't quite fit into the definition of major depressive disorder, although there, there are elements of depression in there as well. So now, if you have been broken, or if you feel broken right now, you would understand exactly what I'm talking about. And in my experience as a therapist, it's been 23, going on 24 years now as a therapist, I have noticed that people break down as a result of one of three types of things. When I started in practice back in the mid-90s, the majority of the people that I saw who, would, who I would describe now as being broken had to do with major health challenges they had been diagnosed with some sort of degenerative disease or some sort of uh, terminal illness of some type and they felt devastated, they felt broken. My life is over. And I don't know, you know if it's because of the advances in medicine in the last 20 years or what the situation is. I don't really see that many people at the office with that kind of brokenness anymore. So the first few years, that's mostly what I saw and I still know of people who feel devastated as a result of, um, you know, severe medical diagnosis. The other type of thing then, you know, we had a financial crisis back in 2007, 8, uh, 9 perhaps. And uh, it was really difficult for a lot of people. A lot of people lost their homes and so forth, you know. And a lot of people lost their sense of identity because their sense of identity was tied up to their possessions, their net worth. 
And so we saw a lot of people during that period whose breakdown was initiated by a financial breakdown. And that kind of past, I, I suppose people are more financially resilient nowadays. Not necessarily they're doing better financially, but we kind of take that in stride and there are more resources to help people recover, I suppose. But what I'm seeing more and more now, and this could also be a reflection of my own experiences, I understand that too. But what I'm seeing more and more now are people who feel broken as a result of some sort of romantic relationship that didn't work out. But these are not just relationships that end, because when the relationship doesn't work out, adults separate. And there are millions of people who end relationships every day. It's completely normal. You have a relationship up to a certain point, you grow, you learn, you have fun together, you enjoy one another, one another's company, and then sometimes that comes to an end and you go your separate ways. And so breakups are different from separations. You're seeing separations, people might be sad, it might not have been what you wanted, and so you might sort of mourn the, the loss of the relationship a little bit, you might miss the person for a while, and it lasts a few days, and you feel kind of, you know, lovesick in a sense, you know, you don't want to go out, maybe a little depressed, that's normal, because that relationship has ended. But then you quickly recover, and you meet other people, and you move on with your life. That's a separation. In a breakup, a person feels broken, and that's different. A breakup is different. And so nowadays, the terminology has been evolving, and you find thousands and thousands of videos on YouTube, and you find uh, different books being written, and there's more and more awareness being brought to this whole notion of narcissism, psychopaths, sociopaths, you know, all of these labels that people are using nowadays, which are part of psychiatric type diagnosis, and we don't really advocate the use of diagnosis, because those are like labels, but it is true, and you can talk to thousands of people, that if you are in a relationship with a person who meets the criteria of one of these diagnoses, a psychopath, a sociopath, and you know, I was a therapist for over 20 years, and I didn't know what that was, because you know, when you read about a psychopath, what you imagine is a person putting bombs in malls and killing little kids. And, you know, you imagine people who are mass murderers, you know, as being psychopaths. It's very difficult to realize that there are different kinds of psychopaths, different kinds of malignant narcissists who are actually very successful members of society. But there's something in them that can become activated under certain conditions, which causes them to become highly destructive. And these people, they derive energy. It's like a vampire. They derive energy from destroying others. The pain of others actually feeds them. If you have been in that situation, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't been there, again, the description of this problem might, um, might surprise you, and it might seem like, what is this guy talking about? That doesn't really, you know, again, as A Course in Miracles would say, Truth cannot be taught. It can only be recognized. If you have seen these things, if you have felt these things, as I explain it to you, you might recognize some of these things. And so, I found myself involved with a person that fits that description, and it was an extraordinarily difficult relationship 
from day one. But of course, there's something within us that craves the very difficult thing. In other words, we sort of crave it because we make associations in terms of the person being your soulmate and in terms of us having a mission together and in terms of us having a family and children and a beautiful home together. In other words, you create all of these fantasies, except that the person doesn't fit into the fantasy because when you look closely, the person actually hates you and feels extraordinarily jealous of you, which is a very, very destructive um, feeling. And you might say, jealous? You're the loser. That person's not jealous of you. Well, it's a difficult thing to explain because, you see, we all crave what we think we don't have. So, the psychopath might be very successful in some areas of life, but they crave something. See, by definition, the psychopath doesn't feel anything. They don't feel it. They don't have a soul. They don't, there's nobody home there. It's an empty shell. And you can watch a thousand videos on YouTube and they all describe the same thing. The stories are identical. And the reason why the stories are identical is because it's a common pathology. It's just like, you know, you go to your doctor and you ask about diabetes or, or, or heart disease or whatever the diagnosis is. And the doctor will tell you exactly what's going to happen to that patient. And you can talk to a thousand diabetics or a thousand cardiac patients and it's absolutely the same story. Why? Because it's the same diagnosis, the same pathology. Well, psychopathy of this type that we're describing is the same thing. And so you can talk to a thousand people who have been through this kind of abuse and they tell you the same stories. The relationship goes through three phases, the love bombing, the devalue, the discard, you know, and they plan the discard very carefully. They built you up to drop you down. I mean, the whole thing is quite well understood and quite well you know, and quite repeatable from person to person. It's the same script because it's the same pathology. So what happened in my life and in the life of the people that I help now is that I went through that experience and that initiated a breakdown. Because I had been a therapist for many years and because I had been working on that relationship for many years and I knew it was coming, I... In other words, I knew that the relationship was terminal. You know, I, I prepared for it. And actually, I was the one who left the person and filed for divorce because it was an impossible situation to, to remain in. And, um, but that experience initiated a cascade of events that brought me essentially to the near-death experience because everything that I thought I knew suddenly proved to be potentially false. So I'm telling you this story because after several months of just basically looking at the wall and the ceiling, I remembered having worked with people at the office for many, many years, like I told you, about 20 years or 18 years. I had already been a therapist by then for many, many years. And I had my notes because I have the habit of taking notes. And I take notes because of my engineering and scientific background. You know, what I'm looking for when I work with people are common patterns. I'm looking for laws of nature that would describe and explain what is happening with that person. And so I had begun compiling notes to help a person recover from this feeling of being broken. And so when I went through this experience that I just told you about, I dug up those notes. I found them in a hard drive in one of the computers at the office. I had all these notes. And um, I began to go 
through them and organized them and I figured, okay, I'm going to use this method. It was a seven-step method. I'm going to use this with myself because I realized at that point that I needed a rigid, fixed, structured program to get myself back on, on you know back online. I needed to get back to life. And I realized also that when I began to look for the program, I was already healed or healing because the very thing I told you earlier, the very thing that breaks down in the breakdown is the will to survive, the will to fight, the will to get better. So when I found myself looking for these notes and organizing them and re-editing them, you know, I realized I'm fighting for myself, I'm working on myself, and therefore I'm back. Now, I'm still dealing with the consequences of the brokenness, but essentially I'm um, cured of the brokenness. Of course, you know, compiling the notes and editing them proved to be like an impossible task because, you know, there's just too much editing, whatever. And so I said, you know what, let's put this aside. Let me just take the idea of the method. I have the seven stamps. I have what they are because I spent years researching what steps to include in the method and in what order. Because for years I coached and essentially provided therapeutic services for people who would come in and they would say, look, I have a structured program to help you get you from point A to point B. And we're going to go through five steps, six steps, three steps, eight steps, ten steps, you know, and I would experiment with this and compile the results. If I decreased the number of stamps, something was missing. And so then I would talk about five stamps, and then at the end I would add a few, and people would say, well, but you told me there are five stamps, now you're talking about this. You know, it didn't quite feel complete. And so if there were too many stamps, you know, they were repetitive, and the process dragged on too long, and was unnecessary. People were already doing better. They didn't need to continue discussing other things. And so, over the years, I realized that I, by experimenting and by compiling results, I realized that these seven steps, in this order, works best for over 90% of the people. As a clinician, oftentimes we have to adapt a few things, but for the most part, over 90% of the people do really well with these seven steps presented and worked on in this particular sequence. So those notes that I was using to get myself back online became a book. And the book is called Awesome Again. It's, um, it's on Amazon. It made number one on several uh, categories. It's about, 100 and, about 200, 200 and some pages. Um, I tell a little bit more about my story here toward the end. And um, this book was written in about a month um, I think I put the date here of when I finished writing. I know when I started, it was about a month. Yeah, October 2018. Um, wrote it last year. So here's the book. It's on Amazon. You can get a copy. And um, leave me a kind review. I would appreciate that. The only reason I mention how quickly I wrote the, this material is because something really special happened during that period. I was sort of overtaken by this massive amount of energy. I would wake up every morning between 2 and 3 in the morning, no alarm clock needed. I would simply wake up filled with energy. Now, I go to bed at about 11 or 12, so I would only sleep a few hours, very few hours, but somehow I would have all this energy very, very early. In the, it was still nighttime, of course, and um, sitting right here, actually, 
in the living room and I had a little laptop. That's all I had, a little laptop. Ended up writing three books in the laptop before I was able to get a, a good desktop computer. And, um, and I would just write. And it felt to me as though the book was being dictated to me. I quickly stopped even looking at notes, the, the notes that I had. I knew what the steps were in my head. And I began to write and write and write. And it was edited by two professionals, professional editors. And they sent back uh, notes to me and we were corresponding. And they made very, very few corrections. You know, a few spelling things here and there, a few grammatical things, but very, very few corrections. And, um, and this was something that became impressive because it was written, it was almost as if it was downloaded and written in final form the first time through. And, um, and I find that to be an interesting idea. And that's why I'm conveying it to you. Because I think that we all receive help when we need it the most. And perhaps you need to go through these lessons right now. And perhaps you feel that I'm standing right there in front of you, talking to you. Because if you feel broken, devastated, down, depressed, whatever the case might be for you, I want you to know that there is hope. There's a future for you. I didn't think there was one for me, and I proved it to myself that it is possible to get up from under that situation and build a new life for yourself. And that, my dear friend, is what we're going to be discussing here. So welcome. And I hope you enjoyed this little introduction, but I just want to bring you up to speed and explain to you what is behind this entire, uh, this entire project. So welcome again. A massive blessings to you. May I stop myself here for just a second? If you're getting value out of this information, would you please consider subscribing to the channel and perhaps even liking the video? I have a lot of information to share with you coming up and it would encourage me and it would also help other people who are in dire need of this information to receive it if you would kindly consider liking the video and subscribing to the channel. Thank you very much.